praise you, Lord. Thank you, Father, this morning that we can come into your presence by a new and a living way through the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you will touch our lives and touch our hearts, that we will love you more, that we will love your word more, that we will love your presence more, that in the days ahead we will learn to live in the Spirit and walk in the Spirit, to walk by faith and to please you in Jesus' name. Amen. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. You know, there are four great blessings to true worship. And those four blessings are the holiest is opened up. We are boldness in the blood of Jesus. There's a new and living way. And most of all, we have a great high priest who's moved with the feelings of our infirmities that's able to extend his hand into our lives. And touch us when we're in need, Lord. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. That you are moved with the feelings of our infirmities. You know every weakness, every flaw, Lord. But you can make us whole. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. What a wonderful thing it is that we have Jesus, our great high priest. What a wonderful thing that you can enter in this morning, that the way has been made for you to come, that you can come through the blood of Jesus and receive grace to help. Do you know what I was studying Leviticus, I think it was the other week, and I was thinking of the Day of Atonement. You know, the Day of Atonement was when the high priest went in once a year into the holiest of all. Because previous to that, they'd had access and the sons sons of Aaron had put in strange fire. Do you know you can have strange fire? But there's true fire that comes from heaven. And we want the fire that comes from heaven. Because if it's strange fire, when it gets amongst the people, it will destroy you. You know, it's like Sue saying in your house, well, your child will come in and say, do you know the cushion's on fire on the settee? You wouldn't turn around to your child and say, oh, it doesn't matter, it's only the cushion. Because you know if the fire got hold of the settee, it would get hold of the carpet, it would get hold of the curtains, and shortly the whole house would go. <laughs> And that was the same with strange fire. But you know that high priest, he had to atone for his own sins, atone for the sins of the people, the priesthood, and then he had to atone for the sins of the, of the whole of Israel, God's house, God's church. And you know what a performance it was. And each time he went in, he had to wash after each time, take the clothes off, change clothes, go back in, And when he went in, he had to go with the blood and sprinkle it seven times. And he had to take a censer with the coals so there was a cloud covered that mercy seat. (laughs) A cloud covered that mercy seat. He couldn't go in without the blood and without the incense, and you can't go in without the blood (laughs) and without the incense. (laughs) You've got to be a true worshipper. Why is it many people don't enter in? Because they're not true worshippers. As Andrew Murray says, they got false worship or wrong worship. It's all in the head. 
but it's in the spirit. And we want to worship God this morning in the spirit. <laughs> we want to get in there where the glory is. Because if you can get where the glory is, every need that you're going to have is going to be met because you'll be with your great high priest. Whew, what a difference. When you get in there, but there's a way in. As we said last night, it's all to do with the approach. It's all to get to do with how you approach God. Are you coming the right way or your own way? Isn't it? This is the problem for the church. We wonder why the presence isn't there. Why the glory isn't there. Because the approach is all wrong. And this is what happened to God's house. They lost the glory. And I was thinking, God wants, you know, as Cynthia said, like John 17, what a wonderful prayer that is, that Jesus prayed we would have this glory. The way has been opened up. The holiest has been opened. We are boldness through the blood. There is a new and living way, and we have a great high priest. But you know, we need to travel on this new and living way. Isaiah the prophet prophesied about this, and he said in, in Isaiah 35, 8, And an highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring man, the fool shall not err therein, no lion, no ravenous beast shall be found there, but who go there? The redeemed. The redeemed shall walk therein, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs. And what everlasting joy! We've got to have joy. We can't stick religion and drain us. We've got to have this joy and gladness and what sorrow and sighing shall flee away. <laughs> We've got to have this. You know, Hebrews 10 tells us there is a new and living way. Hebrews 10 tells us about this new and living way. If we can find Hebrews, here it is in here somewhere. Here it is, Hebrews 10. There it is, having therefore, brethren, boldness to what? Enter the holiest by what? The blood of Jesus. By what? A new and a living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with those three things, full assurance, our hearts sprinkled with the blood of Jesus, our bodies washed by the word of God, and we hold fast the profession of our faith together. Do you know Zion is a place? It's a heavenly place. And we are children of Zion. We're here, but in the spirit realm, we're supposed to enter into this place. Because it says then in Hebrews 12, it goes on in Hebrews and it says, what we've come to. What have we come to? What have we come to? But in verse 22, but you have come to what? Mount Zion the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to the general assembly of the church of the four, to Jesus, etc., etc., etc. That's who we've come to. So we have to get in the spirit. They that worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. And somehow we've got to forget about ourselves and understand who we are. We've got to understand we are a new creation. We don't belong anymore down here. We're pitching our moving tent one day's march nearer home. 
We're pitching our moving tent one day's march near Rome. There's nothing certain down here, but it's certain up there. God is building it ready. He's prepared a place for you, he said. And we're getting ready to go there. We're just passing through all this. Thank God we are. (laughs) And we go through some stuff. And I've been through some stuff. And I think, I'm still here. (laughs) It's a miracle. (laughs) It's a miracle. The way, you know, you go through this and you go through that. It's the grace of God. It's the mercy of God. (laughs) And if you can get in the holiest, you'll get some mercy. And you'll get some grace. And that grace will enable you and help you in your time of need. So when you feel weak, he will strengthen you. You'll get a divine power coming into your life that actually strengthens you and empowers you to live the life of faith. We can't do it. It's his life lived in us, isn't it? And we've got to learn how to live this life of faith. It's a learning process. It's been painful for me. It has been a painful process. Because between justification and glorification, there's this big word, sanctification. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) This is the problem. (laughs) Me, myself, and I. (laughs) And me, myself, and I always wants to blame somebody else. Is this woman I married, or what? <laughs> but it ain't this woman that's married, it's me. <laughs> it's me's the problem. <laughs> and this is what it says. Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, you're going to have to what? Take up your cross daily. <laughs> and Paul said, die daily. Oh, dear. <laughs> Because if you want to get up there, you need a resurrection. (laughs) Don't you? (laughs) Only resurrected people get up there. Only people that have been quickened are up there. (laughs) Only people that have been justified are up there. (laughs) No religious stuff's up there. No, no dry stuff. No, there's no leaven up there. (laughs) This is the problem, isn't it? The leaven. (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) Oh, religious spirit, there's nothing worse in it. (laughs) But we've been set free. We have to keep free. We have to keep free. It's a learning process. Because to walk by faith is, is a sanctification of your spirit, of your soul, and your, is a wholeness so that you're able to forget about yourself, <laughs> which is a job, I know. But you just get lost in God. You can get lost in God. You can start to worship God. You can start to lift up your hands and you can say, yeah, you, you know, I was thinking of those Peter, James, and John. Remember when Jesus took them up the Mount of Transfiguration? And he took them up there. They didn't know what was going to happen, did they? And they thought Jesus was going to be a king and he was going to dispose of all these Romans. <laughs> didn't he? <laughs> and they go up into the mountain, and there they are on the mountain, and suddenly Jesus changes from being just a human form to be glowing power and light and glory. And they got covered with the glory. And the father came and said, this is my beloved son. Wow. And, these, and, and he didn't know what to do, these three, did they? And they looked at Jesus. And you know, when you get in the presence of God, it's all a little bit, you know, wow. It's just, it's just tremendous. It is, it's tremendous. You see, there's got to come a point in time where Henry used to say, you've got to be born again, again. It's like, you know, it's like Moses. 
You've been brought up in the house. You've got a mother who's a woman of God. She, he was adopted and put into Pharaoh's house. He knew he was a Hebrew. He knew he was a child of Abraham. He knew he was called of God. And he knew, as a, and then he gets stuck in the backside of a wilderness. And he's thinking, what am I doing here? But you see, God was working on him to convert him so that he no longer relied upon his education, his background, but he relied on God. And now God said to him, when you're the burning bush, you do what I say and take that rod and you'll be surprised what will happen. And it's the same for us. God is teaching you to walk by faith and not by sight. And that's the challenge. Because what you see is facts. They are facts. But what the word of God brings to you is truth. And the word of God can change the facts by the truth. You know, Solomon has written some wonderful words, didn't he? In Ecclesiastes 12.1, he says this, Remember thy creator. Remember thy creator. Think about it. <laughs> this word is the word of God. It's a creative word. These are words that come by the Holy Spirit from God. They got in it a seed that is an incorruptible seed that when you believe it and speak it out of your mouth, it's going to change the facts because it can create something that wasn't there to change what's there, to make it completely new. If you can believe. But you have to remember now thy creator. Isn't it? Well, you know, the primary man in scripture that teaches you to walk by faith, who do you think it is? Well, there's quite a few, but for me, it's Abram. Abram is the father, it says in Galatians 3, of the faith. Why? Because he walked by faith and he obeyed God. You know, I was sitting in this Bible class a few weeks ago and this chap said, well, you see, Abraham was an old worshipper of um, some God he mentioned. I said, oh, no, he wasn't. I said, no, no, no. No, Abraham knew the sons of Noah. Abraham had seen the power and the grace of God save his ancestors. He was a product of the seed of Shem, which was the seed of faith. So what did Abraham believe? Galatians 3 says that God preached before the gospel to Abram. The gospel. The gospel is not just in the gospels. The gospel is in Genesis. <laughs> The gospel is in Leviticus. <laughs> the gospel is in every book of the Bible because the central person of all these books is Jesus. You must never depersonalize the word of God. Jesus is the one that's in all the books of the Bible. And when Abraham, what did Abraham believe? He believed he could have a seed that would crush the serpent's head. Think about it. That's what he believed. He didn't just believe to have a son. Yes, he had to have a son to have the seed. But that son he had, Isaac, wasn't normal. It was supernatural. It was a seed of faith that they believed and they produced a miracle child called Isaac. Laughter. What did he believe? He believed the promise that God gave to Adam 
I'm going to give you another seed to replace that fallen seed. You know, as Julia read that uh, scripture in Acts 10.38, was it? (laughs) Yeah. This was the seed that can save us and deliver us and heal us and renew us. And we are born of a new seed. And this is what Abraham believed. And God said to him, you come out of that bunch. You know, every time God's going to do something, he calls people out. He called Henry out. (laughs) He called me out. (laughs) He called Alan out. We didn't want to come out. We said, it's very comfortable sitting here. My centrally heated house in the area of the Caldees with underfloor heating. Why in the world have I got to go out there in a tent? No, he's calling them out. What they call the effectual call, he got called out. And he left. He didn't know where he was going. (laughs) He didn't know what what was going to happen. But he knew he'd heard God. Isn't it amazing that a man could hear God and he didn't have one book of the Bible? Not one book. But he could hear God. Do you know the problem in the church is a hearing problem? Yeah, it's a hearing problem, isn't it? That's what's so wonderful about that Syrophoenician woman. As Luther says, you heard the gospel. Well, nobody else seemed to hear it. A woman who wasn't even an Israelite. When Jesus challenged her, she met the challenge. And she took it and she got the offer and she got changed. Think about it. It's wonderful, isn't it? That's what grace does. No, grace didn't start in the New Covenant. No, grace started at Genesis 3.15. Wow. This is the confusion in the church today. We hear these grace preachers talking about law and grace. No, 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 no. No, grace saved Noah. Grace saved Abraham. It was accounted to him for righteousness when he believed God. Didn't he? But he was still learning. He says he believed God. And then he asked in the next chapter, he says, when are you going to give me this seed? This Eliezer in my house, is he going to be there? And God said, no, I told you that what I've spoken in Genesis 3.15, I'm going to give you a seed. Out of your own loins. You know, Henry was always saying, it's in you, brother. And it is in you. The seed of promise that you have Christ in you. That is the seed. He believed this. And God said to him, and God began to teach him how to live and walk by faith. And God will teach you. And God will teach me. We might stumble. You might fall down a few times, but just get up and repent. And just keep walking. And just keep praising God. And you might say some things you shouldn't say. Repent. (laughs) You know, don't get mad at the cat and kick it. Repent. Mind you, you could never get mad at Reggie because Reggie is <laughs> Reggie is something else. <laughs> Some things are special, but not all. <laughs> we had a stray cat come to our house and it was something else, I can tell you. <laughs> I wanted to kick it many times. <laughs> I had to take it down to the homes in Carmarthen to get rid of it. <laughs> no. It's like Will Davis used to say in Out Cable, this cow is a beautiful cow, but this one, you have to strap her legs every time you milk her. <laughs> Otherwise, you kick the bucket over <laughs> of milk. <laughs> no, it's a strange thing. We're all different, you see, but God is training us. He wants us to walk by faith. And not by sight. And that isn't natural. 
because we want to say what the facts say. And we want to say what we feel. And we want sympathy from people. And we say, I, I can give you my organ recital and then you can sympathize with me. But God says, no. Shut it up. Don't say that. Say what I say. Say that with your stripes I am healed. (laughs) I have the peace of God when you feel no peace. You believe in your heart and you speak with your mouth. I tell you, this is a challenge for us, isn't it? But we can do it because we can learn how to walk by faith. Well, Abraham was on a journey of faith. He made a lot of mistakes. The strange thing is that God trained him. I've made a lot of mistakes, quite embarrassing, really. I'd never want to mention them, and I don't want to talk about them. (laughs) But God is merciful, isn't he? You know, I think, how did God choose me? Me? How did God choose you? But he's chosen you. That's election, isn't it? That takes some working out, doesn't it? You know, when God said, Jacob have I loved, and Esau have I hated. Think of that one. Put that in your religious pipe and smoke that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But God knows everything. God chooses who we will, Paul says. Why is that? Because God sees the heart. God does not look on the outward appearance. You might look beautiful outside, but what are you inside? (laughs) Isn't it? God looks at the heart. You know, I'm in my denomination, and Henry was going around, this little man with this accordion. They said, that man with a little, and he can't preach, and he can't even play properly, but God anointed him. God anointed him. God chose him. The despair of all these educated, religious, Pentecostal legalists. Yeah. And you, got in the, and you got in the meeting and you felt something. Something happened. Why? Because there was an anointing on it. Isn't it? This is the point, isn't it? We've got to see that Abraham was being trained it says, it says, um, it says there's 12 chapters here, which is strange, but there are 12 chapters on, on this in Genesis. So we, we, we might get done before 5 o'clock. No, I won't be that long. <laughs> <laughs> but there are 12 chapters here, and this is a big subject. But basically, when God spoke to Abraham and led him out, he did three things. And this is important. And if I can just share these three things with you. And in Genesis 12, and this is what he said, Get you out of your country, kindred, father's house, and the land, and I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. I will bless them that curse you, and curse him that curseth you, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Well, that is the gospel. So Abraham departed with his, this fellow called, nephew called Lot, which has got a very good name called Lot. And it says, Abraham passed through the land, and soon as Abraham obeyed that, it then says in verse 7, and the Lord appeared to Abraham. Think about this now. When you obey God, God will appear to you. You're not, you're, not, you're not doing this blind faith. God appears to you. You have a, like a, a confirmation, like the Holy Spirit is sort of confirming your life and saying to you, this is the way. And you've got a witness on the inside. And he says to him, and this is what he did. He built an altar. He sacrificed an offering and he worshipped. Yeah. There's got to be an altar in your heart. 
there's got to be a sacrifice to have true worship. God is not an El Cheapo sixpence God. No. God is not into tipping people. He paid an ultimate price. Think about what Jesus did. You know, if that high priest with all that performance on the Day of Atonement could only go in once a year, and Jesus did it once, and we can enter in at any time, that is wonderful. But what are we doing with it? Here's a man before the veil. God's appearing to him. There's no veil. Why? Because he's got faith. Because he believes God. How could David put a tabernacle on top of Mount Zion with no veil? Because he believed God and he was grace. He was blessed. Don't you see it? That when you believe this seed, all the religious stuff disappears. And you have entrance by faith into this presence of God. By faith, there is no veil. But God is teaching us here something. And he's teaching, and he's teaching Abraham. And he built an altar and he says, he called on the name of the Lord. Now God has called him out. He's heard the call. He's sacrificing. He's giving an offering. He's worshipping. And what happens? He hits a famine what we would call today an economic downturn. (laughs) A lot of people have been made redundant. (laughs) And he doesn't know what to do. He's learning, see? Abram is learning what to do. So he thinks, well, I'll go down to that very wealthy place down there. Now, God hasn't called him there. No, he hasn't called him down there, but he's called him to live in this land and walk by faith and not by sight. But he thinks his, 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 his brilliant brain says, well, I think I'll go down to Egypt. And he goes down there and he happens to have a film star of a wife. <laughs> she obviously was a real cracker, you know. <laughs> when she walked down the street, every, all the men turned their head like that. <laughs> and sure enough he didn't know what to do he was frightened wasn't he well I'd be frightened one family and all those Egyptians and all fancy their wife and he said well she's my sister you know (laughs) you know people are criticizing I don't criticize him I don't know what I would have done anyway the next thing is she's in Pharaoh's palace (laughs) you see when you take a wrong turn it gets very dangerous. <laughs> it does, it gets very dangerous. <laughs> because don't you realize that this woman was carrying the promise of the seed? Don't you realize it? Yeah. And here is Pharaoh going to march his door. But God has, be- God has mercy on him. Doesn't he? And he says, God appeared to Pharaoh and said, well, I don't know what it is. <laughs> his wife, behold, out fair, it says in his ear. And it came to pass when Abraham was come to Egypt, the princes of Pharaoh said, Take that, and they entreated Abraham for sake, and they gave him sheep and oxen and ashes and men servants and maid servants and asses and camels. And then what happened to Pharaoh was the Lord plagued him <laughs> <laughs> because of Sarah. And Pharaoh called Abram and said, What is this thou hast done? Did you tell me she was your wife? And she is my sister, so I might have taken it a wife and, and sent them away. See, the Lord intervened, <laughs> didn't he? He was protecting the seed. He was teaching Abram how to walk by faith. Because when Isaac was in the same land, generations later, and there was a famine, oh yeah, he hadn't forgotten. I wouldn't be here, he said, Isaac. <laughs> If my mother, I went down there and I nearly didn't come. I'm not going down into Egypt because <laughs> they might fancy Rebecca. 
No. He'd learned a lesson. You can learn a lesson. Don't stick your head in Egypt. But a lot of God's people have done that. In the time of need, instead of going to the throne, they go to the phone and ask somebody, and the stupid person tells them to go to Egypt. <laughs> no, you have to walk by faith. He says he sowed in the land, and he reaped a hundredfold. Isaac, didn't he? So he didn't make that mistake. But God had mercy on Abraham, and he took him out. And Abraham went out of Egypt, and his wife, and Lot with him. And it says Abraham was very rich. Cattle, silver, gold. And he went back to the place where he had left, which was Bethel. Bethel's the place of worship. It's the place of offering. It's the place of sacrifice. You have to keep worshipping God. You have to. Every day. No matter what hits you, you keep worshipping God. You keep giving. We see in a minute what happens with Abraham. And it says, he dwelled in the land of Canaan. And then there's another problem hits him. So he's had a famine, and now a family feud starts. I've had some, I've been in a family feud, have you? I remember the Davis family feud. I won't bore you with the details, because you have your own feuds, I'm sure. <laughs> and this, and, and, um, this family feud arose... And Lot, herdmen, and this and that. And here, Abraham is being trained by God. And, and Abraham says to Lot, will you choose what you like? But I'm having the highlands of Canaan. I'm not going down into Sodom. And this is where Lot went. There was wisdom now. Abraham is learning wisdom, how to walk with God. How many of God's people have said, well, it's much better down there because there's a lot of riches down there. I'll go to Sodom. They don't think it's Sodom because they don't really know what it is till they get there. And then it entangles them. And it drowns them spiritually. And you know, it's dangerous, isn't it? And it says... And this is what God said to Abraham in verse 17 or 13. Arise, walk through the land in the length of it and the breadth of it, for I will give it to you. You see, you have to walk around and talk around what God has promised you, and you have to keep walking and talking and believing that what God has promised you, you're going to inherit you mustn't stop doing it. You understand? You're facing a difficulty. It doesn't look good. You've, had, you've faced a famine, and now you've had a family feud. But wait a minute, it gets worse. He hits a war now. <laughs> There's a massive war in the whole region. Five kings against four kings, and his stupid... Nephew Lot that's gone down, he gets captured and all his stuff. And he gets carted off and he's told Abraham that, oh, you know, there's a war on. Well, how is it that Abraham is so safe and secure? Because he's walking by faith. Yeah, he's arising and he's walking through the land and he's obeying God and the war doesn't touch him. This is what happens when you walk by faith. And, it, and it, it did this tremendous war. And you can read then in Genesis 14 how he pursues after Lot. He gets men of his household and he brings it back. And then he meets this amazing figure in chapter 14 called Melchizedek. A preacher, a famous preacher I know, and I respect him. I respect his teaching. He's a famous preacher. And he says, this is Shem. <laughs> Have you lost your brains or what? <laughs> no, this is Jesus. <laughs> this is Jesus. 
This is a theophany. This man, Shem, we knew his father. This man, he says, has got no beginning of days, no end of days. We don't know whose father, his mother is. And this is what he says to him. And, and he, he, he gives, this is the tithe. I, I believe in tithing. I tell you what, don't rob God. Whatever you get in, you give your portion to God. This is Abraham teaching you how to walk by faith. This is, this is the challenge for Abraham. It's the challenge for you. You say, I can't afford it. You can't afford not to. Oh, no, you can't afford not to. If God has given you his son, he's done the greatest thing for you, and he's building you a new future in eternity. Don't you think you better make sure you do your service? Tithes and offerings. You know, I never, I, when people, I never question anything about things like that. It's dangerous. I've seen people get a poverty mentality. I've got relatives, a poverty mentality, and they're sitting on thousands, thousands of pounds. And they're sick, and they're infirm, and they got Alzheimer's, and they got all sorts of things wrong with them, and they got all this wealth. God's people, mind, so-called. I tell you what, Abraham is teaching us a lesson here. This is not law, tithing. This is the word of God. Abraham teaching us how to walk by faith. And Melchizedek brought forth what? Bread and wine. Think about it. He brought forth bread and wine. Isn't this prophetic of Christ? Isn't Abraham showing, looking down the centuries? Isn't his eyes being opened to see the seed that he's going to have? What's going to happen? And he hasn't even got it yet. And he hasn't even been converted yet. He's still Abram. He's going to be Abraham. We need some ha in our lives. Don't we? We need this ha. We need to get something happened to us. Something happened inside where we start to, whew, there's a bit of a, like, like the Siddhartha-Nawishan would, rightly assertedness. I'm not going to be denied. Oh, yeah. It's not, it's not that she deserved it, but she met somebody that could give her what she couldn't get herself, and that's Jesus. Isn't it? Jesus has got all power. And here Jesus appears. Why? Because he's got a man of faith. He's training how to walk by faith that's going to get this seed into the earth that's going to redeem and bless the whole of mankind. Think about it. He's the father of the faith. I love this old man, Abraham. He's wonderful. And this is what he says to him. And Melchizedek blessed Abram. He said, and blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High God that had delivered your enemies into your hand, and he gave him tithes of all. Yeah. And he blessed him. And it says in verse 15. See, when you're walking by faith, God keeps coming to you and, and coming to you in the Spirit and coming to you with the Word of God and what He is saying to you, this is the way, walk in it, and He keeps confirming to you, like He's doing to Abraham, teaching us the life of faith, that this is the way you walk. Keep walking. Keep worshipping. Keep building an altar in your heart. Keep Keep this spiritual service going in your life. And this is what happens. And he says, after these things, this is what God said to him in a vision, 15.1, Fear not, Abram. I am your shield and exceeding great reward. The confirmation. What's in your life? Is it fear? What is it? 
Is it uncertainty? Is it worry? Do you know worry? You mustn't worry. You must stop worrying. We're not to fear because he said he will never leave us. Yes, Abraham's making mistakes. I make mistakes. You make mistakes. But Jesus doesn't leave you. He's with you to strengthen you, to encourage you that you can walk by faith and you're getting stronger. Abraham's getting stronger now. And Abraham is staggering here a bit. He says, and Abraham said, Lord, when wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless and the steward of my house? See, he's still asking God. And God said to him, I'll give you a seed. And then the famous verse, Genesis 15, 6, and he, blessed, and he believed in the Lord and he accounted to him for righteousness. He came to a place of faith. We have to come to a place of faith. But there's no more ifs or buts. Like Abraham, we say, we believe. And then he says to the Lord, whereby shall I know it shall be killed? And then we have this extraordinary chapter in Genesis 15 where we have all the, all the um, offerings that came under the Levitical offering. And God, he gets a preview of everything. And they cut this covenant. And God cuts a covenant. See, the blood of Jesus, when Jesus was crucified, and the covenant was cut. And we are circumcised with the circumcision of the cross. There's like a, cover, a cut in our spirit. We have been circumcised in heart. There's something happens in us when we become born of God. When we get quickened, we are now part of a new creation. And here God is teaching Abraham, and as he cuts these places, and Abraham kept all the wild beasts on the day, and then he fell asleep, and then there's a furnace of fire. And normally, if you were cutting a covenant between two people, both parties would have to walk through the pieces like that, the blood. So you both tread in the blood to ratify the covenant. But here God puts Abram to sleep because it only needs Jesus to ratify the covenant. And he passed through the pieces. And he told him what was going to happen to his seed, didn't he? He said, they'll be in Egypt, and after 400 years, I'll bring them out with a great deliverance. And then we have another stagger. Sarah says to Abraham, well, you know, nothing's happening. <laughs> nothing's happening. <laughs> Don't you think we should fix it? <laughs> you know. Don't you think this handmade Hagar we got, she could maybe give us a seed? And Abraham seems to think that's quite a good idea. <laughs> you know, men can be stupid at times. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this Hagar gets in there, and we know what a problem this was. My goodness. <sighs> that's the flesh, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I've had my moments. <laughs> and thank God, thank God that we can die. <laughs> As my grandson said, he, he died it, did he? He died it, yeah. <laughs> well, I won't spend too much time on this, on, 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 um, on Ishmael. You, you understand. There's one sure thing that shows to us, it teaches us, that nothing born of the flesh can be accepted by God. Nothing. It's born of the Spirit. The question is, there are a lot of people sitting in church, but are they born? <laughs> oh, they just proselyted, you know, like I was, a Pentecostal grandson proselyte. I thought we Pentecostals were perfect. <laughs> I remember arguing with my vicar in school. Yeah, but you see, we're Pentecostal. We've got all the truth. You, you, you're all in a bit of error. <laughs> to tell him. <laughs> oh, dear. She teach me the piano. <laughs> and after I got my eyes opened, I realized they're all in the same pot. <laughs> they're all, all religions in the same pot. 
We need to get free. <laughs> we need to get born again. Well, and, it, and, and of course, this, this is very hard because when we produce something of the flesh, God says to you, turn, him, turn it out. <laughs> it's hard, that. Ishmael had to be thrown out at 13. He couldn't stay in the house. You know, our flesh does like fleshly things, you know, doesn't it? Mm. I've had quite a problem with myself, as my wife knows, with my flesh. <laughs> we do get quite a problem. There's only one thing to do. Kick it out. Turn it out. You know, sin is like fire. It's like that cushion on the sofa. Oh, it's only a, it's only a cushion Oh, it's only a little sin. Doesn't matter that much. Oh, my God. You leave that cushion on fire, the sofa's on fire. You get a little spit of sin, and it starts growing, and it takes over your mind, and it takes over your whole thinking, and till the end you feel, what's happened to me? Thank God, I say, for the cross. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank God. Isn't it? Thank, then you understand the cross. Then you understand that the old man will never be accepted. No, no, no. There's a new man. Isn't it? It's a completely new man. So God was teaching Abram, wasn't he? No, no, you've got to turn him out. And it must have grieved Abram. It was his son, after all. Wasn't it? And it was quite acceptable in those days to have a son by a handmaid. Quite acceptable. And the thing about it is, God was training him. God was showing him. And he keeps appearing to him, as he does in chapter 18. And when they question it, God says to him in 18, 14, Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return into you, and Sarah shall have a son. See, if you can believe, and keep believing, and keep walking by faith... That word of promise will happen in your life. It will. But we have to keep walking by faith. And then as we know, they had, they had, they had Isaac, and he came, and Ishmael was cast out after he had Isaac. And then here comes, and this to me is amazing, God's final test for Abraham. He tells him to take this Isaac up to a mount, and sacrifice him. Now, I honestly believe that, I, that Abraham actually believed that he could sacrifice his son, it would solve the problem of sin and the curse, and that all the earth would be blessed. You see, and when God tells you to sacrifice, you know, present your body a living sacrifice. You know, Smith Wigglesworth said that Abram never told his wife what he was going with Isaac. Now, I don't suppose he did. No. But we've got to understand that this is not God trying to do something. This is God trying to reveal to Abraham the gospel. And you know, the gospel in your life has got to unfold. It comes to you step by step, precept by precept. And the more you understand and the more you see, the more easy it becomes to believe God, to trust God, and to understand that no matter what you face, is anything too hard for the Lord? No, it isn't. No, no, no. See, what the miracle of the new birth is, God is now your father. Isn't it? Abraham speaks of fatherhood. He's fathering a seed that I'm in. I'm born of that seed. And it's going to rule and reign. But I've got to rule and reign now in order to enter into that fullness in eternity. And I'm coming to see this, you know, for me, it took me years to grasp this. I used to read about Abraham and, and all this and... And I used to think that the Old Testament was law 
And then there was the Gospels and then the New Covenant. I did understand it's not. It's works and grace. The law was put alongside. It came. In fact, the Jews interpret the law not as law like legalism like we do. They teach, they, they, the Hebrew word is teaching and instruction in what is right. The law is good. There's nothing wrong with the law. And this stupid idea that you've got people who are legalists in the church, think they keep this and keep this and don't do that and do that, that justifies them. No, no, no. No. What failed under first Adam was a covenant of works. He was told to work it and he failed to work it. But now we've got a covenant of grace and it can't fail. It cannot fail because it's all fulfilled. Like Jesus walked in the middle of the sacrifice, not the other party. He fulfills the whole thing for us. Think about it. And all we've got to do is cooperate and believe and walk with God like Abraham walked. And do you know, as I began, as you studied this and you begin to understand this, you begin to see that when and, and the amazing thing to me is that Isaac was willing to be put on this altar. He was a big lad. I don't think he was a child. He was obeying God. And you notice this obedience, this walking by faith. And, the, and I said to the Lord, but, you know, I, I have struggled with so many things in my life, but I'm still here. You know, I think, how am I still here? It's the grace of God. It's the power of God. Why? Because this word is the incorruptible seed. Think about it. Remember now thy creator. This word created everything. It can create for you what you need. If you can believe it, think about it. You know, I can't get over the Syrophoenician woman. She just came in on grace. Why? Because she worshipped Jesus. She acknowledged Jesus. And when she was challenged, she didn't run like so many. She took the offer. Think about it. Think about these things. Aye, it's not my righteousness. It's not, not your righteousness. It's his righteousness, isn't it? Think about it. It's a gift. It's all a gift. You've got to acknowledge it, though, haven't you? You've got to be rightly assertive and say, I am not going to be denied. No. If Jesus has finished the work, and he has, and it's on the table, well, why shouldn't you have it? Isn't that right? But religion says, oh, it's all passed away, you see. And maybe God's trying to teach you something. And and maybe this and that and the other. That's doubt. That's unbelief. We're not to put up with it. We're to believe what God says. And you know, the more I'm coming to see this and I think about Abraham, and, and you read this, in, this is what Paul says in Galatians 3. How are we getting on for time? Oh. Galatians O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you, should bane out the truth, whose eyes Jesus Christ evidently set forth and crucified among you. Only would I learn of you, received ye the Spirit by the works of the law, or what? The hearing of faith is all to do with you hearing. He that ministered to the Spirit, etc., and it says this, did he by the works of the law hear about And even as Abraham believed God, it was accounted to him for righteousness. The scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith preached before 
the gospel to Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. And then he goes down to 13, he says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. Be made a curse for his written curse, everyone that hangeth on the tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive what? The promise of the Spirit through faith. And it says in 16, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made, he saith not to seeds as of many, but as one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. That's it. When Jesus is set to corner, weak, fallen to the ground, and dieth, abideth alone, Jesus said. That's why he had to die. He had to deal with the old Adamic race. He became one of us. And he took the whole of that guilt and condemnation and sin and he got buried, he got crucified and buried and finished. Think about it. And he rose up, the first begotten from the dead, quickened, a new creation, a glorified man. And when you get born again, that's what happens to you. You get raised up and made to sit together with him in heavenly places. And we're supposed to sit there and we're supposed to live and reign in Christ by one Christ Jesus, Paul says. That's our place. Don't come down here, as I keep telling you, and be a scratching end. Get up there and stay up there and keep walking by faith. And I tell you what, you'll please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. God trained Abraham. That's why he's got it in the scriptures to show us how to walk by faith and not by sight. And don't give way to famine and strife and war and family feuds and Ishmael's. Get rid of it all. And when God tells you to to cut something out of your life, circumcise your heart, you cut it out. No matter how painful it is. I'm sure circumcision was very painful. But it worked. He couldn't have the seed without circumcision. And you can't have the blessing without a circumcised heart. Because if you're going to walk in the flesh, you're going to fail. But if you can walk in the spirit, you're going to win. (laughs) Isn't it wonderful? We walk by faith and not by sight. This is a spiritual walk. And you can do it. Get up in the morning saying, I'm a child of God. I'm a new creation. I'm born of God. I've got a new name, as I said to in Bournemouth. We've got a new address. Um, I used to sing in the early days, I'm on my way to the glory land. (laughs) And I'm on my way to you. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) And if you can keep walking by faith, I don't ever hear that Abraham got much wrong with him. I don't ever feel he went to the hospital or he didn't have a Zimmer for rain, he didn't have a a wheelchair, he he just kept walking by faith. In fact, when Sarah went, he married some other woman and a lot more kids. The whole thing is miraculous. (laughs) And he's under an old covenant and they tell well, he was under grace. Are you under grace? Are you under the blessing? Are you blessed? (laughs) Hallelujah! Oh, yes, we're all blessed. Oh, hallelujah. But where do you get the blessing? We're blessed with all blessings in heavenly places in Zion. Do you know what it says about Abraham in Hebrews 11? This is what it says about him. (laughs) This is his vision, and this must be our vision. This must be our vision. Hallelujah. And then we close. Let's not keep you any longer. He says here, Hebrews 11. He says, Oh yes, here it is. By faith, in verse 8, Abraham, when he was called to go out to a place which he should after receive his inheritance, went out not knowing where he went. He by faith he sojourned in this land of promise 
as in a strange country dwelling in tabernacles, the heirs, for what? He looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. That's what he was looking for. That's what I'm looking for, Zion. It's coming down. Revelation tells me the city forswear is coming. It's coming. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Jesus not only paid for us, he paid for the whole of creation. He's going to have a completely new creation. No, they're not going to rebuild that old temple. And all them sacrifices are not coming back. I'm sorry to tell you, all you Israelite-loving people, it's not going to happen. It's coming down from heaven. You can scrape as much as you like with all the old pottery. No scratching. We're looking up here. (laughs) (laughs) It's coming down from above. (laughs) Hallelujah. Uh, (laughs) Some of my friends get very annoyed with me, and I don't like that. (laughs) By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that received the promises offered up his only begotten Son, and that's exactly what Jesus did. Isn't it wonderful? So praise God. Are you going to walk by faith? I am. I'm going to walk in the steps of my father Abraham. I'm going to say, I can do this. I'm looking for a city. The builder and maker is God. And I'm on my way. And I'm going to keep feeding my inner man on this living word. It's creative. I said to the Lord, well, you can create a new joint for me. Can't he? Can't he create a new joint for me? Can he create a new whatever you need this morning? Do you believe he can? Yes. Yeah, this is the word. Yeah, you believe it. It's according to your faith. These men of faith, they just live strong. They just live strong. God wants you living strong so that you can be a blessing. You're needed in the kingdom. Every one of you are needed. Yeah, you're needed to be a testimony to the power of God. And you can live strong if you'll eat the right food. We had a lot of spinach yesterday. That's why I first know it's nothing to do with spinach. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands to the Lord and say, Thank you, Lord, for giving us this tremendous inheritance. Thank you, Lord, that we are new creations, that we're blessed of God. I'm blessed in our going out and our coming in. We are blessed in that whatever we touch, because, Lord, of your grace and your mercy, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that the anointing breaks every yoke. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. It's wonderful. We thank you, Jesus. You've done all things well. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. Ho, 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 ho. It's time to laugh. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> it's time to rejoice. <laughs> it's time to give God the glory. Are you going to give God the glory? No more moaning. No more moaning. No more complaining. <laughs> no more grumblings. We're going to praise God. (laughs) Praise the Lord. You want to sing something?